ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bike. Welcome to The Bite. We are back for our second episode. We are going to go around the room here real quick and check in with who's here. I'm Billy, Billy Bates, Billy Bennett. And uh, to my left, we have... Matt Streichel. Uh, I don't really have a cool nickname like Billy Bates, but we'll just go with... Uh, SB Fishing's a cool name. SB Fishing for now. Swimbait Fishing. Swimbait. No, no, no. Spot Burner. Spot Burner. <laughs> spot <laughs> Burner Fishing. Never forget. All right, who else we got? Uh, we got Alex here. Oh, Alex is in the house. Got gills. Got gills. Um, yeah, that's uh, that nickname's gonna stick with me for a long time. Forever, as long as we're all alive. Got gills. Who's next? All right, it's T Money. Tyler, I'm I'm here again, <laughs> two weeks in a row. Congratulations, you got Thanks. perfect attendance right now. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> Over to my left. Maddie Ice checking in. Maddie Ice. That's right. How's everybody? Pretty good. Surviving. Got our fishing in. Yeah. We're good to go. But what happened last week? I missed out. I uh all I heard on the podcast was talking about fishing. It sounded like you guys were enjoying the podcast and so We had fun. We were um it was a party. Stoli we was our friend. Yeah. Hey, it was our celebratory first episode, so um, but we, we, we went fishing after, which was awesome. What time was it? Midnight? Oh, easily. Yeah. Like maybe one? We, we probably did. didn't get there till 1230. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It was definitely a late night send and boy, it was all awesome. stories that came with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, me and Matt were on the one, on one point we look over about maybe what, 30 seconds after we get there. Yep. Didn't take long. T-Money is in the Potomac river up to his balls. Just with the dumbest <laughs> smile on his face, like ah, we were like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "It's warm." It's like, <laughs> it's like forty degrees and the wind's blowing like fifteen miles an hour. Why did you get in the water? Tell us this. So, first of all, I was I was a little drunk, like we we all were. Um, but well, I wasn't because I was drunk. Well, Billy wasn't, but we took of, an Uber. The rest of us were. We took an Uber. <laughs> we need to. We need an Uber SUV to pick up. Five drunk dudes. Five drunk All dudes of us and have rods. Fifteen rods. Oh yeah, fifteen <laughs> rods. That's right. A bunch of fishing bowls and a half naked dude at the end of it. So, pretty much as soon as I got there, it was low tide at that point. Pretty much as soon as I got there, I stepped in the soggy mud and got both my feet just destroyed. It was it was muddy, wet, all that. And at that point, I'm like, fuck it. I'm already, I'm already pretty much up to my knees at this point. Might as well just go in and get a better cast. I think he got his toes wet and he was like, well, we're already here. Yeah, I don't think it took as much as getting your whole shoe wet. I think you were like, I think you wanted to get in that water before <laughs> yes. we even got yeah, there. He just like, walked straight in. Like, Man, I can't wait to get to the river so I can take a quick bath. Like, I, I, don't, I think he had to go to the bathroom. He's like, I gotta <laughs> take a piss. <laughs> well, let's, let's tell the listeners about getting down to this spot in the first place because it's a pretty treacherous walk. It's a hike. All We're right. not going to tell you exactly where it is, but Billy will, this Billy will place, take it off. Cameron Run is part of a Maybe we'll. small... Well, we, yeah, I'll tell you. He okay. told you. I mean, I, I don't care. It's not hurting my feelings. If you can get there, you deserve to fish there. That's True story. How that's, how, that's what I've always said. Is, I spent so much time 
Google earthing how to get to this place. I hopped like four fences. One of them led me to the back of a police station. I like got over the <laughs> fence and I look around. It's like cops everywhere. And I was like, this isn't it. <laughs> so, <laughs> There's no bass here. Y'all got any uh, fish in there? Uh, okay. Well, so uh, it's like a hot water... I think it's actually part of four miles. What I think there's a system that happens. I don't even know exactly what it is, but it's there's there's definitely a chain of hot water treatment centers or waste treatment centers or something, and this is part of it. And Tyler was in the river. And oh, hopefully, oh. it wasn't waste treatment centers. <laughs> well, I mean, you could look at it one way. It was like maybe you were on the op, like the end that it's the cleanest it'll ever be. You know, it might be the fresh filtered water. Who knows? You'd probably drink it. You should try that next time. Anyways, it's crystal clear water, like ridiculously clear. It's super shallow. And I mean, we call it the aquarium at times because there's every type of fish you could imagine from perch to carp to catfish to somebody caught up. What was it? Um, tilapia. Tilapia, snakehead. <laughs> tilapia in the Potomac River. Big old bass. Yeah. There, big, we did see some big ones. Bass. Yeah. I mean, everything because it's hot and it's. I mean, it's not even hot. I would say it's probably 60 or 55, maybe. What do you think, Tyler? You were actually in it. 60 probably. Yeah, sounds, 60 sounds, sounds right. right, yeah. Our human thermometer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Tyler, hop in the water. Let us know what the temps are. We're My doing that everywhere, working. like out on the res. Like, hey, hop in. Tell me how warm it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't trust First my graph turn. right now. <laughs> oh, man. But anyways, it was fun. We had, um, you just, you never know what you're going to catch. Uh, you're bumping into fish with your baits, and uh, it's a fun night spot because it's lit up from the highway. There's over, you're under a bridge, so it knocks the wind off you. Um, Low bridges, watch, yeah. watch your head. Oh yeah, I mean, there's probably multiple shopping carts and tires and bones from dead bodies, and like it's it's urban fishing at its finest for sure. And to get back there is no small feat. You have to trek like. It's probably a quarter mile. Probably more. I'd say like more. half to three quarters of a mile. I yeah, mean, it's, it's a, we, it took us 25 minutes to walk down there. And it's dark. You're under bridges and slightly buzzed. I kept having to be like, come on, guys. We're almost there. Yeah. We're almost there. <laughs> Getting caught in the bushes. Oh, man. Was, it's disastrous. It's a great time. Getting caught on fences from what I hear. Yeah, what happened there? Well, <laughs> faults again. I, guess, I, guess I forgot to mention you have to also hop a fence to get... It's quite sharp at the top. Yes, it is quite sharp at the top. And uh, I'm not the tallest dude. So most other guys, except for Matt. Matt, Matt Streichel was was uh, just more acrobatic than me. Not I guess, the most at this limber point. of the group. From, um, from climbing all them rocks. It's from the rocks. I mean, he's a professional climber. So to get from the bar that's halfway up the fence to get your legs over it, you got to... It, it's pretty much the seam length. That, that's what you're looking at. And, I mean, I was not getting over unless I sat on the fence. And it was sharp at the top of that fence. Every and single one of us warned you. Yeah. We all, oh, like, yeah. Keep your crotch off that fence. Yeah. And the first thing you do, you get to the top, you just drop it <laughs> right off. sits down. Sat, right on sat it, down. I we were like, I dude, like, <laughs> like, he's a goner. How can we help you if you can't even help yourself, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Granted, and your and your pants were soaked, so you're yeah. just soaking wet. Tyler was a, a source of entertainment that night for sure. Oh, it was amazing. Absolutely, and, yeah, it was it, awesome. Yeah, the best part was being like, I don't, yeah, I don't think you 
understand that I'm not going to let you back in my car with those pants on, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly you know? what he said and too. You, dude, and you kept getting back in. You'd get out, and we'd be like, "Don't go back in." We turn around, and you'd be back in the water. Like, like, you were getting cold. <laughs> you don't need to be in there. He's like, "It's yeah. warmer in here." He was getting cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, yes, that was awesome. That was a fun night. That sounds you like a I'm, good one, Alex. Yeah. To top yeah. it all off, I didn't catch any fish. We none of us really did. Uh, we had a couple of good bites. I was down there the night before. The reason we went there in the first place, well, the reason I wanted to go back was because I was there the night before. and had a couple glide bait fish and a bunch of drop shot fish. Like probably, I mean, almost to the point where I just wasn't even counting. I think it was like nine or ten easily. So I was like, dude, let's go there tonight. And those fish just weren't there the I, next I think night. the fish were there. We were just all throwing big swim baits. Well, yeah, except for Ace. Ace is the only one that caught Ace fish? Ace is throwing an ultralight. Crappie rig, crappie jig, or whatever. Yeah, he caught two. And he caught two fish. <laughs> he did cut two bass. A couple of follows on the glide bait, and we I had, did. I did have one eat a soft Huddleston like bluegill mm-hmm. swim bait. I watched him eat it, but that's pretty much all the action from that night. But I guess that brings us into today's fishing adventure, which I unfortunately missed out on. Man, yeah, should have been there. It was actually pretty. We good had a day. little. I was, we had a little two v two today. Um, me, Matt. Strikel, Alex, and T-Money. Uh, we all fished the Occoquan River. Yeah, yes, Occoquan yeah. River. Um, I don't know. We got smoked. Me and Matt Strikel were on a team, and we got smoked. So why don't the winners tell tell the story? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's set the let's set the uh, story up right. It was for a beer, nothing big. Best five, 12 inches is a keeper right now in the Potomac. And T-Money wanted to go all the way out. I Yeah, to yeah, like I'm mouth. calling you out. Uh, we you agreed. Here we, go. We, here we go. We agreed Strap to go in, all the way out. I got gentlemen. it. I got the text message right here and said, First thing said, you said to me. Let's go catch a million fish up, up, at the, up at the top, and then we'll go out and look for a big one. I don't think I sent you that text. No, I said that text. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But either way, we go all the way out. We fish in a marina that is at the mouth of the Aquaquan River, and it's known for some better-sized fish. You don't usually catch a bulk amount, a bulk of fish. You just usually come across one or two good ones. How much do you pay for bulk fish? Yeah, that came out wrong. Um... But we're talking to a, a a boat owner. He he's got his boat in a slip right at the at the rocks in the back of this marina, and he's telling us about how two or three days before we had massive winds and the whole entire river, you because down at the mouth it's much shallower than up where the bluff walls are and like halfway up the river and all the way at the very top of the river at the base of the dam. Um, and he, so he's saying there's basically no water in there a couple days ago. And we both looked at each other and were like, let's get out of here. So we basically wasted about 45 minutes. And at that point, we talked to Strykel, said, how many you got? And he said, we got two. I was like, oh, my gosh. Here we go. I'm going over on these uh, little derbies here. And uh, we got up. They left. They left the honey hole for us. So we ended up getting there. Getting up there right after they leave, like we see, we see them heading out. Um, right as we get up there, Matt, Matt and Billy, that that's who we saw that that was heading out, and uh, 
we I don't think we caught too many fish to start out. Like we didn't catch no because we were on the wrong thing. What we've been catching fish on up there is uh, drop shots and Ned rigs. And I guess you've caught a few flipping jigs around some docks, but the docks clearly weren't working. And so we we were throwing the, the drop shot and the Ned rig for the first half hour, 45 minutes, and you did catch the one. But when you you decided to throw that A-rig, and that's, was, when, that's when the light clicked. It was second cast. I, I got the A-rig almost all the way to the boat and just got whacked by one. Set the hook, missed, or uh, had him on for about probably five seconds and then he he popped off right at the boat i saw saw the fish it was only like two pounder uh next cast i think wasn't it next cast mm-hmm. i i catch like a two and a half pound on the a rig i'm like all right we're we're on to something here alex picks up the a rig proceeds to catch two more on the a rig um so we i think we ended up catching probably 10 close to 10 fish on the a rig throughout the day um all decent fish like there was only a few that were under a pound and a half two pounds um, I mean, which is a decent fish for up there this time of year. Um, yeah, I don't even so. know. I mean, I guess there hasn't really been any tournaments on the Potomac, but the last ones in like that September time frame, 13 pounds was 13, 14 pounds. Winning if you had 14 pounds. For yeah. Sure. And that was in like a 150 boat field. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, that one what was one of the bigger last tournaments out there. I think it was like 14 pounds won it. Yeah. It seems like the Potomac as it progresses like throughout the year, like the spring is awesome. Like people are catching giant bags in the spring, but like once you get to the fall, it seems seems to die off significantly. Yeah, those the I remember doing one of those first uh what the Wednesday night shootouts. Yeah. And I was just thinking to myself, man, these are like 3 hours long like how do you go out and catch five, like, a limit in that time? Because I'm used to fishing the reservoir, but I'm used to fishing the reservoir where you don't always catch a limit in a 10-hour day. Um, and these guys come in with, I think it was, like, 24 pounds, mm-hmm. 23 pounds, yeah. something like that. It was April, maybe early early May. Yep. So well, how- what, what was – let's talk about this tournament. So this two, 2v2 we had today, Who? what was the weights? What did we have? We had 781. That sounds right. Yes, we had five five fit. We both well, we both got a limit. Both boats got a limit. Uh, we had seven, a little seven and a half. Is that seven point eight one, almost eight pounds. Okay, yeah. And then you guys won it with ten point one eight. I think is what we had. Something like that. It was a little over ten pounds. I'm pretty sure. So we we both like both boats caught good amount of fish, but just all the same size, like one and a half, two pounders, pretty much. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, we we actually only fished till one thirty or something. Yeah, we fished for like yeah. five hours. Yeah, to like one. Not a bad day, really. And now, Mister Fultz over here is uh, on a what? On a heater, right? You were three and oh, zero. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, three and zero. If we count the time I went out with Matt and smoked his ass. <laughs> Don't do it. He's gonna flip the table over. That two point eight contact. One to nothing. We went to a I wish pond in Reston. We weren't doing a tournament. <laughs> Come on. Every time Jesus. you get on the boat with Fultz, you know <laughs> it's a competition. It's a tournament, dude. Whether you are a participant or not, it's a tournament. <laughs> It'll be like, I whooped your ass. You'll be like, I didn't know we were, I thought we were just hanging out, dude. And then, <laughs> and then I whoop his ass. I'm like, yeah, that's what you get, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, oh, Matt uh, caught almost all our fish today. And I'm like, yeah, so we got about 7.8 pounds. Like, really, Billy had the big one. Really, we'll Matt say he had the biggest one on the sh- drop shot today. I probably caught seven. Yeah, I caught seven fish 
on the drop shot. Yeah, what, drop shot was key today. What color drop shot were you throwing? Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're going to have to wait to see the video. No, it was a we will natural Guggenbaits drop shot. So it was like silver bottom yeah, or like yeah. that kind of gray with blue fleck and then uh, watermelon. It was kind of interesting. I was throwing the morning dawn all day and Alex was throwing a more natural like uh, green pumpkin yeah. color, right? I don't know what color it was Aaron, exactly. Aaron's but, magic uh, probably. Yeah, okay. So Aaron's magic. And he he probably threw it close to as much as I did. Maybe a little less, but he, he put the time in on it and he didn't catch a fish on it until after you guys left, I'm pretty sure, right? Ye no. No. It was right at the very end. Right at the very end by the dock. And I was... I mean, I wasn't catching a ton on it, but I probably caught five on it. Well, and remember, I, I had... This is this goes to what we were talking about before we started the podcast tonight, was just those subtle things, because I was throwing a green pumpkin Ned Rig, and I switched it to the Morning Dawn Ned Rig, and I immediately caught the... It's like a one point one and three quarter. Yeah, I mean, but obviously it, it didn't matter so much, because Matt Strike was saying he caught it on... A green pumpkin. So I don't know. Maybe it was just confidence because you saw me catching a but few. But you, you only caught two up there on the drop shot, right? Yeah, until we went back. But we went back and I caught a few more, like three yeah. more probably, four. Yeah, but right towards the end, you caught like a couple back-to-back. Like back. Two in a row, and yeah. then I caught one more after that. And I missed like probably three or four other fish. They were definitely eating it. But it might have also been – what size worm were you throwing? The drop shot? Yeah, like the six five inch. inch. Five inch. I had like a – the dragon drops like – that's three and a half to four that's inches exactly smaller, what it was. more compact, yeah. a little smaller. It's that's the exactly profile it of it, was. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just being smaller. So crazy. Subtle changes get your bit, and like one inch. Yeah, and, and maybe not like, even. Eh, that's I don't one. want that one. That's eh, matching. Yeah, that that's one. just matching the hatch. Ooh, like that's right. What, they're lot, obviously all that eating there. something small. Like you, when you look on the graph, the, it's not like it is on the reservoir when you see a ball of bait. Like you know, that's a big ball of bait on your down scan, but. I haven't seen anything big up there until you see the schools of striper. Well, we saw we saw a dead shad floating this morning that was like 13, 14 inches. Yeah, huge. It was one of those big giant huge. ones that come in this time of year. Mm -hmm. No, I don't think they're I don't think they're up there yet. Because you know no, that's, a, that's in like April. I think no, you'll winter. see them in like December. It's in the winter. Like mm -hmm. you'll okay. be throwing a silver buddy. And just run into Foul a school of them, them, and you're catching them every freaking cast. And you're like, God damn it, these things are gonna slime up my boat. It's gonna be nasty. Stinky shad. Stinky as fuck. You guys look like you got something you wanna say. <laughs> yeah, what's up? What, <laughs> well, what's going we're, we're on? Talking, we're, about we're talking over about there. snagging uh snagging bait fish. My uh my partner today might have done something like that. I uh Did I you Mike Long a couple of those mm, fish? No. This was no, after after no. the competition had been okay, had, okay, had concluded. Okay. Dude, this you have to fish, start putting referees the, in these boats. <laughs> <laughs> I, I snagged Life like a minute penalty. Yeah, I snagged like a four inch. Uh, I guess it was a shiner, or creek chub, or something like that. It wasn't a shad. I, I didn't see it. First of all, I didn't snag it on purpose. I was throwing it in like ten feet of water, and then I happened to come up with it. Um, it was still alive, so I threw it on my drop shot hook and sent it back down there. And, uh, Did you caught, catch any? Yeah, I caught a catfish. Nice. <laughs> oh, is that what hit your catfish, dude? That's well, awesome. I turned on the. Uh, I watched that live. No, There's, it wasn't. That it wasn't one. that catfish. No, he caught he caught that on a on the actual morning dawn drop shot. Oh wow! And he caught two catfish. He's so today? proud of his catfish. Oh yeah, he is. Well, very, I said very to proud him because after about 
three minutes that that Shiner was dead. I was like, you're not going to catch anything on that. And he's like, what are you talking about? This thing is as natural as you can get. And I was like, you're going to catch a catfish. Yeah. It's dead. And I didn't disagree with him. I I 100% agreed that I was going to catch a catfish probably, but I was still going to try. Why not? You accomplished still on the hook. <laughs> Speaking of catfish, the res was not catfish friendly this year. No. It Last wasn't. year was we caught so many more. You did, you, Matt especially. I think I caught 100 catfish between June and August. Holy moly. Yeah, we didn't catch fishing. a Tyler and I didn't catch a single one out of the bubbles. Yeah, that's I caught a couple big, big ones out of the bubbles. I wonder why. On the deal. They were we out on the catch. river like crazy this year, though. Oh my oh, gosh. Remember, we ran into them schooling a couple or like they doing were crushing whatever they were doing. Tur- for a while. That tournament, the big fish tournament that we fished, uh-huh. you and I, when we were, we were fishing there at, uh, Gr- well, where were we fishing? What's that place called? It's Three Creeks or. Mason, uh, Mason, Mason, Mason Neck, yeah. yeah, dude, it was like every cast catfish yeah. mm-hmm. on the chatterbait. I was like, we gotta leave. <laughs> we gotta, yeah, it was, we gotta like, go, boys. Get out of here. Yeah, it was getting to the, yeah to the point where they were pretty much eating anything that you'd yeah. be throwing, any bass lure you'd be throwing. You have just as good a chance catching a catfish. We were out that one time, sitting over a school of them. And, uh, there was a bunch of boats on this point. Obviously, the fish were in like this one concentrated grass area. And we were, it was obvious like the bass were probably either in front of or either behind these, this huge school of catfish. Cause you'd like throw it and you like maybe catch a bass. But if you got it past this certain line, it was like you're getting a catfish. Like, I mean, you probably caught like three or four yeah. right there just like in 15 minutes. Oh, and they were just hammering the bait. Hammering it. Like, as it ripped the rod out of your hands hard. Oh, when they hit, it's fun. Dude, and, that's then, cool. and then oh, when you get yeah. them up to the bite. boat and you see all that slime <sighs> that you have to deal with. And it's all over your line and uh, yeah. your hook's bent out. And like, Didn't catch one on the spoon. What, a catfish? Nope. What, on the res? Mm-hmm. Surprise. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't think I'm I've ever I'm glad. caught a catfish out there. Ever. I'm definitely glad. Oh, you will. I've actually never caught a snakehead out there either, but I've heard that there's tons everywhere. Yeah. Yep. We caught a lot this year. In the summer, I've been with you, Matt. When you've caught a snakehead once, I caught a decent amount on the res this year. The coolest one was when I, when we, we went punching. I was like, we were to <laughs> you Alex were so and I, determined I to make so, it work. So determined, but Alex and I were out on the res, and I was like, I'm gonna go punch a fish out of this grass with a one ounce weight. And I knew where I wanted to go do it, and I it was like five minutes into it, and I dropped it in the grass and. The whole grass mat just shook. Like you saw the fish hit it, and I set the hook. And I was like, "Yep, the snakehead." Was that right <laughs> outside Wolf? Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. It's really the only. That's place. A, that's that's where I've, I I caught three or four snakehead there this year. They're heavy in there. They need to start having snakehead tournaments yes, out there. Right. Snakehead only. Big fish tournaments, five bucks. Yeah, but snakehead pool. If, if you're gonna eat a snakehead, that's probably the spot to do it. That's what a lot of people have said. Like clean, it's way the cleanest. You can taste one. the difference between a Potomac River snakehead and an Occoquan okay. Reservoir snakehead. Really, that's interesting. And Berkeley, because they're yeah, sure. I mean, think about how much cleaner water. that water is than than the river. That's a really good point. Wow. All right, we have a couple of topics we want to talk to you guys about tonight, and one of them is the MLF FLW. News. There's Weed a series. There's a few. Thi- there's a few Debacle. things going on. Well, I mean, it's just it's that this this year is just. I mean, it's by far and away the biggest thing that's ever happened in professional bass fishing. I mean, um, is it just a huge shift of? So, the Bass Pro Tour MLF uh, has been gaining ground. Um, I mean, it's owned by the anglers, so it's just it. I mean, it's just a, a complete shift in the way that professional or bass fishing tournaments 
in general, um, the way that, you know, it's thought about, the way it's conducted, um, I mean, the structure. Yeah, just everything. Um, so they so bought why don't FLW. You, I was going to say, well, why don't you just, like, give us a quick breakdown of... Yeah, so for anybody who really hasn't been paying attention or is new to the sport, uh, the tra- tradition is you catch five bass, uh, you, you bring your five biggest bass to the scale, you weigh them, and, you know, that's how kind of tournaments are based on weight. Uh, the new format for the MLF is you catch anything over a pound is a scoreable fish. And you have a referee on your boat. You um, have periods. It's not based on just like, you know, from 7 a.m. launch time to 3 p.m. You know, weigh-in time. It's all about um, periods. So you, ha- you have time to make adjustments. You have... Um, time to you can't move in the intermission, but you can retie, you can reassess the situation. Uh, so they purchased MLF BPT, whichever one you want to call it. I think really it's pretty much BPT. You, or they they purchased the ML uh, FLW. Cut that. Um, the BPT purchased FLW, which is one of the longest standing professional tours in bass fishing and so now that's going to be a feeder a complete feeder system to the bass pro tour and so you have two back to two major tours because the last few years you had mlf you've had the elite series and you've had the flw so now it's it's just the two again and all those pros that were on the flw tour now would technically be on basically your comparison would be going from the major leagues in baseball to the minor leagues and you didn't do anything wrong you know you maintain your status you even finished in the top 10 in the FLW but now you're you're being bumped back down to this minor league where you're not competing for as much um and you're not competing on the highest level so a lot of these guys that have been staples on the FLW tour are trying to figure out what they're going to do next with their careers. Um, and there's some huge names like Scott Martin, Brian Thrift, David Dudley. Uh, there's plenty of people, John Cox. Now they're um, starting to make their announcements. A few of them have made their announcements before, but the biggest names, Scott Martin, is going to fish the Opens. He's he's talking about how he wants to he wanted to do it for his dad. Roland Martin is his father, who's basically a, uh, the the uh, pinnacle of professional bass fishing, but he never won the Bassmaster Classic. So Scott Martin didn't get an automatic entry into the Elite Series, so he has to go and fish the Opens. He was gonna have to fish the FLW circuit to get to the Major League Fishing anyway. So he was gonna he had to find a he was just going to another minor league team essentially. So that's what he's doing. You've got David Dudley and Brian Thrift who got automatic uh, exemptions into the MLF, the the upper upper tier professional um, tour based on Gerald Swindle and Brandon Polinick leaving. And this is where it just gets, I mean, it's just, it's utter chaos really. Because um, you've got Brandon Polinick, who finished, I think, somewhere around the top 10 
for the MLF standings this season. And Gerald Swindle, who didn't do that well, he wasn't too far off making the Red Crest, which is the MLF's championship. But they both stated that they felt like their heart was fishing for five fish limits, fishing in the Elite Series, fishing for, you know, under the Bassmaster uh, umbrella. And so they got automatic exemptions back into the Elite Series based on them both winning Angler of the Year at some point in their career. Gerald Swindle did it twice, and Brandon Polinick did it once. It's called the Lifetime Exemption. It's kind of just an obscure thing that was created a few years ago. And so it was lucky for them because it was either they had to go into the Opens and try and requalify for the Elite Series, but based on that exemption, they got in. So, But ultimately, I mean, it's really just become this tale of two different styles of fishing and uh it's creating a shift that none of us will probably ever feel because there's no way for us to have referees in our boat um that's not actually a question i had um do you think any of this new structure is going to trickle down to like local tournament level like do you feel like most local level or not even local but semi-pro or whatever will stick with the five fish they have st- to. structure. Yeah. It's just too expensive. Because you, you have to have someone on your boat weighing your fish for you if mm-hmm. you're doing the other way, right? Yeah. Which is the MLF. MLF way. You can see it. Some of the college stuff is starting to do that, but they have a little bit more money and you know funding from sponsors. But anybody who's just fishing a even Costa series – open series you're you're never maybe in the future future but nowhere near that's gonna happen anything anytime soon it's just uh it's too expensive i mean tell us real quick about that um what was it called the heavy hitters or the heavy hammers or heavy hitters yeah yeah what is that that's something that i thought was so i mean i guess to bring it all back oh yeah i mean not to cut you off no it's it's just um i mean my personal take on all of it and I'm sure everyone here at this table has their own personal take on how bass tournaments, what what makes them exciting, why we do them. You know, it's just, for me, it's the ability to catch five good ones and bring them to the scale and beat your five best ones, to me, is tougher than, say, going around and trying to catch as many as you can. Uh, I mean, there's definitely different mindsets, and I understand David Dudley, who has won Angler of the Year four times on the FLW Tour. He's that's his mindset. He's I want if you think you're gonna win with ten bites, I'm gonna go out and win with twenty five bites. And he doesn't win a lot. I think he's won four times, so he's done pretty well. Um, but he's you know he. He's going to kill it on the MLF yeah, next year. MLF fits him and Thrift's style of fishing so well. And Brian Thrift is, in my opinion, the best fisherman in any of the tours. So I was talking to Alex earlier today about how if me and Matt had to go out and fish an MLF-style tournament today, like on the res, obviously, because that's where we usually fish, we would have to completely change our game plan because there's not – many days this year where we went out and just absolutely crushed the numbers, keepers, all that stuff. It was mostly just like probably seven to eight keeper bites all day for the most part, but they were the right ones. 
Do you think that's more about the style of fishing that you like to do, or you think that's the style of fishing that wins that tournament? Like, I think it's the style. I feel of fishing like if that- you went out with a drop shot and a Ned rig only tied on, maybe you would be having those number days. But like, are you weeding out some of those other fish by? The way you're fishing. Throwing eight-inch spoons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not even a bait thing. Like, I don't know. Because, I mean, we're not throwing giant baits all the time. Like, yeah, we but throw stuff a fish that's a pound and a half can eat. I mean, I think it's just a fishery. I mean, yeah. I've had plenty of days out, out there when we caught over 30 fish. Yeah. And, I mean, there was a handful, probably three or four tournaments this year where we caught over, had three limits worth of fish. And I mean, there was there was days where we did it, but it's just the fishery. Yeah, I mean, I mean not every lake fishes like a number and that's place. Like some of those MLF tournaments might be six or seven fish is all they get or something. Who knows? Like when you're trying to catch, a, I mean, every every lake can be a limit lake. You know, five fish. Well, the interesting thing, so MLF this year, they're fi- they're fishing Sheer and Harris, which is a big fish factory, Falls Lake, the same tournament. Caught my PB there. Yep. PB there. You got Lake Fork, Okeechobee. You fall up, from what I hear, you fall is on fire right now. It's been in a good trend the last couple of years. So they might be catching more fish, but or bigger fish, better quality fish. And so that heavy hitters, it's going to be the sixth event. It actually comes right after Grand Lake, which also can produce some good quality fish, although that's been fishing tough for the last couple of years. But the heavy hitters is going to be, I think it's the top 30 guys with the best average fish. So this is part of the MLF tour? It's like a sub tournament? Like I think it's their attempt to try and... A big fish qualifier. I mean, at least honor the people that go after, not just going after one pounders. They're I'm not, like, yeah, that's a good... These people are, I mean, you could come, of course, come across a, a few good you know, tournaments, but the fact that it's not like the third tournament of the season, it's the six, you have five over half the season before you get this heavy hitters tournament. And so those people that kind of just are geared towards, you know, catching a better quality fish, they're, they're going to be able to qualify for this event alone. And I guess there's probably more money involved in that, you know, if they win it. And what's the structure on that? That's, I feel like that'll give guys a reason in the first, like five, how many tournaments in is it? Six? Six. So the first five tournaments, some guys might actually try and target a bigger fish by throwing like a big, like a glide bait or something. That gives it like people throws in- a curveball into Yeah, it gives people incentive to go chase a bigger class of fish. Well, what is the get- heavy hitters tournament though? What's, so the, what's the rule? This is there? actually directly from Jay Kumar, uh, his, his um, email ba- blast. Bass, bass blaster? Yeah, it's a great, great read. So... 30 dudes from the BPT field get in. I dig this idea. He says, to qualify for heavy hitters, the weight of an angler's single largest bass from each of the first five stages of the Bass Pro Tour will be recorded. For example, if an angler's heaviest fish in stage one is seven pounds, in stage two, five pounds, in stage three, nine pounds, in stage four, eight pounds, in stage five, six pounds, that angler's qualifying weight will be 35 pounds. So the 30 anglers from the 80 angler field of the Bass Pro Tour with the highest cumulative weight across five stages earn a spot to compete in MLF's heavy hitter. And that's how many people? That's how many people? 30. 30 of the 80? Mm-hmm. And then the heavy hitter tournament structure is what? What's the, what? They're going to top fish five 
for, for they're fishing for five fish or what are they doing? What's the what's the game? What are they playing? You know, I actually don't know that. I think it, I mean judging that by the. That would be I awesome. haven't heard any of it other than from. I mean, it's got to be a switch up of some sort, right? Like, otherwise, why not just keep it? I mean, that's not like. It seems like a more like a kind of a bonus round. Yeah, but yeah. they should do it like just a, a big fish tournament. Yeah, like these yeah, heavy so like go after they, the biggest fish. Exactly. Only one fish. You get one fish to win. That'd be sick. Yeah, let's call them. It's on Kissimmee. Get them on the phone. Score tracker <laughs> call update. Kissimmee's got some giants, as you know. Dude, yeah. When are they gonna be? What's there? your buddy? What's your buddy weigh in the last tournament? He just thirty four pounds. Yeah, for the best five. Mm-hmm. That's Garrett Rockamora. Garrett. Yeah. G money. He'll probably be listening. Shout out. Shout we're coming. Sure. We're coming to him. We're gonna, we'll be there in January. There. The John boats are rolling down. Ninety five. Yeah. John boat mafia. <laughs> the John boat mafia will be there sometime in January. Uh, yeah, you're gonna be down that way. You're gonna be latching up. You should do some bass fishing while you're down there. Oh, I'm gonna be there for. Well, I'm going down for Lawson's wedding, and then I'm coming back for Ace's son to be born. Shout out One, to Ace. Shout out to Ace Boogie. And Boogie Junior on the way. R.I.P. I'm just kidding. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> And then, we uh, miss you, baby. Pour one out for Ace. <laughs> for my good homie. After his, uh, after his kid's born, I'm going to go back down to Florida for like a month. I'm gonna Dude, be, I'm going to. there all January. And I'm not going for February. a month, but I'm going to go well, for Well, you uh, guys should all come down. Yeah. At least well, a we, week. Yeah, we should hop in the car. Take saying, vacation like, days and all of us just yeah, roll down together. and We'll get an Airbnb like in Central Florida. We can fish the Kissimmee chain, the Harris chain, wherever the fuck we want to go. We can do it. Yeah. All yeah. right. Like we'll bring. We'll have two boats. I'm sure Lawson would love to come hang out and do some bass fishing. Well, that's another boat, and he can fish three out of that. What's You're bringing your boat. What's it going to take? Oh yeah. If I go back to money there, for sure. I I want to go. It's just I'm already taking a vacation. Quit your job in February. With 4th who? Through the tenth. With who? For what? All my high school buddies going to Vail. Fuck them. Going to where? Vail. For ski t- skiing, ski trip. <laughs> so get this, get this. I got this right off the MLF website. The heavy hitters is going to resemble the Red Crest, which is you know a thirty angler uh, tournament. It's their championship is the Red Crest. It's just not the 80, 80 man field, but same style. Thir- two days of quali- uh, you do a shotgun round the first day. You do an elimination round the second day. The field gets cut down to 20 anglers at the end of two days, and everything's the same. One pound is a scoreable fish. But the next day, so uh, or the next round, so after you get the elimination round, you're down to 20 anglers. It's a two-pound minimum. Ooh, I like that. So you can only weigh in two pounds. That's the scoreable fish. And then the final day, it's only three-pound fish end up. Damn, so I, that's, that's pretty tight. sick. Yeah, that's awesome. So we should do a tournament like that. We should. You're gonna see some people really. I mean, I, I think because it's arguably the best field in fishing. I mean, this, these people were hand selected from both tours uh, to come fish this. You know, kind of new, new, new format. And um, well, dude, I like that. I like that. It, it, yeah, because if it is the best of the best, the bar should be higher, right? Yeah. Like. If they're fishing the same exact tournament rules that we fish, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, like you don't really see them as like doing something that you can't do. But if you're like, let me see what you really got, bro. Like three pound minimum against the top 30 or 20 dudes. They're going to have to adapt. I mean, you got to come. Because you got to get through the first round. I mean, the first round's just. Just like every, you know, their normal season, they they got to catch one pounders, and I mean, while that might not be the best 
for everybody who fishes, you know, I, I'm not a fan of it. I know plenty of people are fans of it, but then you got to adapt and be able to catch two pounders the next day. So you have to pick what 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 worked the day before where oh, you actually yeah. caught a two pounder, or I mean, if you didn't catch any two pounders but you squeak through the first round, now you got to figure out how to catch now two pounders. Fucked. Yeah, because and, and then tomorrow you got to worry about three pounders. Yeah, if you're not catching three pounders on day one, how are you going to catch them on day three? Mm-hmm. That's very cool. That's I tight. Think that's that's awesome. So I'm looking forward to it's that. It's like raising the limit every day. Yeah. Like, okay. Day one's twelve Stakes inches. Day up. two's fifteen inches. Day three is. Yeah, but it's like you're fishing inches. for a different class of fish right. entirely yeah. in three different days. Yeah, you're not just looking for like one school of fish. You need to find like the school. Of yeah, fish. I feel like, like that kind of big fish. That kind of makes it a better gauge of how good of a fisherman these people actually are. Because during practice, anyone can go. Not anyone, but it's easier. I feel like to go out and just find a fish or find a school of fish of one one two pounders and and be able to catch a hundred of them in a day. But then when they switch it up and say, okay, now you got to get two two pounders and then three pounders after that, it's like you got to make sure you have all those classes of fish covered in your practice yeah. before you go into the tournament or else you're not going to have any sort of chance in winning this stuff. 100%. I think that's awesome. 100%. Yeah, I love that. Cool idea. Yeah, I'm down. I like it. Big yeah. fan. I definitely want to. Let's try a video. Think we should do that? You want to do a video on that? I think we should. Let's ha- let's maybe just we say can do. It, let's say six w- pound minimum. Six <laughs> pound minimum. Let's what talk if like we four pound? What minimum. if we did a progressive? Because as you guys listening, uh, you guys know we're pretty much fishing every Wednesday. What if we did it every Wednesday, starting next week? We'll do a progressive limit or progressive weight size. We'll say we can only okay next week we can only weigh. A fish over one pound. The yeah. week after that, two pounds. I mean, granted, it is getting into the shittiest time. I mean, in, to do in, this in two months from now, oh, we're we going to be at eight pound minimums. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine like a year from now, we're like twelve pounds, boys. We Dude, no we, one weighs in a fish. For remember, a month we do this every year. week. So in in three weeks, we're talking three pounds. Maybe we minimums. can do it for the month. Well, Maybe no. Well, this we, is what we'll do. We'll do it for like until neither of us weigh, and whoever weighed the most wins. Because there is going to be yeah. a point where it gets to like, okay, it's got to be a four pounder. No one catches a four pounder, then whoever can you the most switch weight. bodies of water? Well, we well, we can all switch. We yeah. just got to go to the same one. Yeah, we'll just okay. be fishing the same. I feel place. like this time of year it's going to be Burke Lake or ORP. I wish we could go to Lake Manassas. Yeah, oh. dude, what the hell? Why even bring that up? Well, for those of you that don't know, Lake Manassas is almost like a legend up here in Northern Virginia. Um, I've never personally fished it. I don't really think many people here. I guess I've never been out there. Someone I know. Some someone some people we've heard have fished it and heard they've had just monstrous bags out there. Um the lake is actually closed to the public. Like nobody is allowed to bring a boat out on there. Not even if you own land on on the lake, uh, know somebody who does. Nothing. No boats, no kayaks. Nobody's allowed out on the water. Um I've heard that you're allowed to fish it from the shore. If you have permission from a landowner, like written permission from a landowner that lives on on the lake, and you can, I think you can only fish their land. Correct. I, I, from what I've read, you can only fish their land. You have to have written permission, and you can't like obviously you can't go in the water or take or wade in the water or anywhere or take a boat out there at all. Didn't, um, but we've we've heard. There's just massive fish in there, massive bags. It's been closed for like almost 20 years, I think, or something like that. We know there's massive fish. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, people 
throughout the years have definitely gone and said, you know, whatever, take me in jail if you have to. But because the the homeowners spend what eighty five grand a year? I think it's, it's closer 80, to a hundred. It's 000. eighty from the article I read is eighty five thousand dollars a year to keep people out. So there's actually a police officer. Yeah, they that have police on boat. payroll. Yeah. To, pub, private landowners have public servants on payroll to keep people from fishing in a lake. So I think I know why it closed to begin with, but um, does somebody know for sure why it closed to begin with? Oh, there's I, a good reason. I'll, uh-huh. I'm, I'll, I'll just kind of go through. There's a bunch of articles online, uh, but I'll just kind of go through the generic sort of recap of what happened with this Lake Manassas. So in 2004, Manassas officials closed Lake Manassas to protect, quote unquote, protect the city's drinking water. Um supply from contamination and to prevent invasive zebra mussels from populating the lake. Uh, Citing terrorism as a major reason, uh, poisoning the water supply maybe, or whatever it is, it's a bunch of bullshit, if you ask me. Aren't there plenty of lakes around here that are water supplies for somebody? I mean, the res is. The place we fish 90% of the time. The res is, I think I read somewhere the res supplies over a million people with water. And you can just fucking go take a shit in that lake, you know, I like pee in it three times a tournament. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's Sometimes obvious. <laughs> it's obvious that there's some serious money being spent to keep people out of this lake. So I would imagine that there's serious money. I would say the people that are closing the lake have serious money. Well, Robert Trent Jones Golf Club is on the lake, and this is a one of those golf clubs that you can't even be a member there unless you're invited. You a part of the stipulation there is you have to be a, another member, I believe, at um, another top 100 golf club in the country. I forget. You gotta get like I, vouched for. Basically, I mean, it is. It's it's like as elite as you can get. It's not just. You know, oh here, you pay a hundred thousand dollar initiation fee and then pay your five thousand a month dues. Like they don't even care how much money you have. Yeah. You you have you have to be invited. Yeah. I mean Which means you already have money if you're even getting invited. But yeah, I mean, so there's they're also claiming that it's not profitable for the city. So by have by opening it to the public, there used to be a boat launch there that was owned. Was it private or was that from the, the city? I'm not sure. The boat oh, launch is still there. A, it must have been a private I think it was a privately family. owned family launch, yeah. So, and like Marina, and they, I think they, I'm, I'm kind of citing a, from my own memory a bunch of articles I've read about it uh, in the past. But I think that they tried to fight a little bit to keep it open, and they essentially lost because they couldn't. I mean, keep, well, I'm sure if you're up against a bunch these of these companies. people, with, yeah, with all this money, right? So ultimately, they had to close their marina, and then I think once they got the marina out of the way, it was just kind of probably getting signatures and that's pretty much all they had to do to like close it to the public. Do we, do we have the article up saying how much they've estimated the county would make off of like charging a fee for the ramp or, or anything like that? Cause I feel like if they open that ramp back up, they'd be making more than $85,000. Well, this, this right here says, um, if you stick a toe in the water, someone will arrest you. How dumb is that? There's like, there's a councilman, Mark Aveni or Aveni who has made reopening the lake part of his campaign. Apparently he's like, been really pushing for it. So everybody vote for, vote for him. Yeah, Mark Aveni, come on the podcast so we can support you. This is definitely going to be a continuity piece for us too because we do want to get this place open. 
Yeah, I mean, it'd be dope if we could have some sort of pull in this that. This is a good way to spread the word about it. And yeah, maybe figure I mean, it, something out to at least help. I if mean, it opened up, best bass lake in Virginia, oh, public easily. From what and I've talked yeah. to a couple of older guys, and I'm sure you guys have as well, that are actually like legitimately pissed off about it because growing up in this area, they were paying ta- like the fish that are in there were stocked by taxpayer dollars. They essentially. Virginia Department of Game tried to stay involved with the lake, and the homeowners were like, "Screw off! We don't want we don't want you even anywhere near this place." So, it's all taxpayer money involved in the lake, and then they just shut it off privately. So, as a fisherman, you're the fish you. I mean, I know it's like kind of picking and choosing, but the fish that you paid for are in this lake, and you can't even fish it. You know, like it's just I understand um, the frustration there. But it says it will cost less to, um, let's see, while the costs to reopen the lake are not known, Aveni, Aveni says they have to be less than what the city pays annually to keep people out. Right. We're only talking about the 85000 to have those two police officers out there keeping people off. Like, I don't know what other, you know, costs it takes to keep that place doing well, what it is but like, man, imagine any, any damn work that needs to be done or like like who's paying for that virginia waters is definitely paying for it like, who's virginia waters it's, so there's a there's a company that like takes care of all the ponds and lakes around virginia it's just virginia waters you'll see them driving it's a private up. company though I, I think so i'm not and how is that fun i mean i'm I, i'm not sure how it's funded i see them I, i've seen the trucks with the little plastic john boats out and they kind of manage the lakes and like fountains and everything that are in the I would the imagine there's probably stuff, a lot more than $83,000 spent on this lake. I mean, look at the res. You have the boat the boathouse. Right. How much money is that bringing in? I mean, granted, the res is a lot bigger and can hold a lot more people on it, but how much money is the res bringing in through the boathouse? Oh, yeah. And these fucking people don't want... They don't need more money. No. So, I mean, they're not even... If you were telling, oh, we're going to make a million bucks a year at this place, they'd still be like, don't care. Can't they just want it. people They don't want. They don't, want people, they don't want people there. Yeah, they, That's they, what they, it's all about. I feel but, like this is even like we're talking about the res here, which this is a park. Like parks are put in place by local, state, even federal governments so that people can get outside and do activities outside. So you're not just stuck in this concrete jungle and like, what are we going to do today? Oh, let's go to the coffee shop. Like we need outdoor space and Northern Virginia is depleted on lakes. I mean, you have Barcroft, you have numerous ponds that are everywhere but they all have signs, no trespassing, no fishing, no no waiting, no nothing. It's like, well, what are we supposed to do? We got Burke Lake. We have some portions of the Potomac River. You don't have access to everything in the Potomac River unless you have a boat. And then you have the Aquacon Reservoir and maybe what, like Lake Audubon, like some There's, there's a lot of places. ponds around the areas that you can fish, but still it's a gray area. There's pond, signs that right. say you have to be a part of this association. Yeah, you, you need to, to live, live here. Yeah, you need to live there. Right. And they wonder but why people are so inactive outside. I mean, it's just, there's nothing to do around here. So I'll, I'll read you guys a couple of these things really quick too that are interesting. Um, Lake Manassas is interesting because it's owned and operated by the city of Manassas, although it is located outside the city limits. So it's not even in Manassas. It's in Prince William County. So how does that work? How did the people, the city of Manassas, own a body of water that's not even in Manassas? That makes no sense to me. Very weird. How is that even? 
how was that even possible? Well, like, did they lose their line a little bit? Did they redraw the Manassas line? I don't know. Like, how it could says, that have even been? But well, it's coincidental to me that several golf clubs have courses along the banks, including Stonewall, Robert Trent Jones, and Virginia Oaks Club. So it's like Dan, it's three golf kind of clear that like Virginia Oaks is now it's, closed. It's actually just uh, it's it there. Yeah, I don't even know what they're doing with the land, but being that I work in the golf can we fish business. there? So you're saying we have a we have an inn? Well, you could. I think you could definitely walk. I don't know if you could. Well, you could probably park walk in the parking the lot. There's nine. actually trees all over the parking lot, so you could probably hide one car and just run straight onto the golf course. And I know how to get out there. I've played Virginia Oaks a few times before it closed, so. Fishing after the podcast, boys? Oh, don't, I'm down. <laughs> Not tonight. So our, another thing, here's a little article about the closure. It says, beginning in the 1980s and continuing until 95, public access to the lake was possible via a private marina. In 99, the marina operator in the city of Manassas did not reach a mutually acceptable contract extension and the marina was closed. That sounds like money shit to me. Mm-hmm. A mutual agreed upon acceptable contract extension. He didn't right. have enough money to pay them. Yeah, they were like, okay, your open. rent just went up. How, you know, pay us. And he's like, no, <laughs> I can't pay that. <laughs> That's so much. It was probably something so astronomical as well. He was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, you kidding yeah, me? fuck you guys, you know? I mean, we should find this guy and ask him. Straight up, actually, you know? I know where he lives. I mean, I would I love to hear his side of it. Where he lives. I, would, I bet you, I bet you, they ran him out of there, guaranteed. With, I bet you, with he'd love bills. to rant on about it too. Oh, he'd yeah. love it, dude. Have him on the podcast. Let's find this guy. This is gonna be, like Matt, like Matt said. I think this is gonna be kind of like a mm, little maybe every now and then we'll try to update on kind of where this is at because I think there's enough people. You got social media. You got fishing being bigger than ever probably right now and you got also this whole kind of like fuck rich people man like this is the kind of shit they do that that's obnoxious you know shutting us poor people down just for doing what we love and it's and like you know like alex was saying like this is a this isn't like you know a bowling alley this is like nature like how can a fucking group of people get together pull some money and decide to ban other people from nature because we don't have enough money to join their golf club. Like, fuck that shit. You know? I don't know. I personally am really... I, 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 it's like a personal mission of mine. It seems impossible, uh, or maybe not impossible, but it seems like an uphill battle. Because it looks like people... I mean, here's a little bit about people that have been trying to get this place open. In 2010, developers building a subdivision partially bordering Lake Manassas offered to donate 25 acres of their land to sit to the city of Manassas to be used as a marina. Donate for free. For free. To open a marina. Yeah, no. Not costing you a dime. I'm going to give it to you. In June 2010, officials from the Virginia Department of Game and Inland Fisheries and George Mason University's Freedom Aquatic and Fitness Center presented a plan to use the donated land as a marina. So you're talking about major university and the people that basically are responsible for every other lake in this state. However, the city council of Manassas never acted to accept or reject the proposal, citing continued concerns over operating costs and how the marina would be managed to ensure the protection of the drinking water supply. The developer filed a lawsuit to force the city to grant access to the residents, but postponed court action until the issue could be negotiated outside of court. When the city failed to act on the 2010 proposal, the developer returned to court, and in February 2011, a Prince William Circuit Court ruling cleared the way for the lawsuit, though a trial date was never set. 
Sounds like we're waiting for some that was nine old years dude ago. to kick the bucket. Nine with a ago. lot of money. <laughs> who's just like, no, nah, I don't want anyone out there. It also says this lake is cited as a top bass and crappie fishery in the region. It was regularly stocked with fish prior to its closure to the public. Imagine fishing a lake that's been closed for 20 years. Oh. With now, I'm not know, gonna, the waters that we have. I'm not going to say any names, but I know two people that went out recently and have gone out several times. They, you know, have gotten lucky and I know one of them has actually met the police that patrol that place, and they said they escorted him off the lake and said, "If you're caught here again, it's like a three hundred something dollar fine." Um, but they've gone out there and caught. What was it? Have you talked? You've talked to him, right? Call you know a wolf back. I mean, ten, uh, like ten five pounders, and then like or like twenty five pounders and sixes and sevens in the mix, and yeah, they, bigger. Like, and like they, they've caught tens out there. Yeah. yeah. They've they've said I, I think I want to say it was like four different limits that were over thirty pounds yeah. in so one day. Are we going to split boat. that three hundred dollar fine then? I mean, it's going to be a little more, but I, I would pay three hundred dollars to fish there. I mean, there isn't any nobody's spoken a word about this since two thousand eleven. That's the thing. There's like it's every like few years you'll see it like Lake Manassas is trying to be reopened and it just flops. Yeah, completely flops. I mean. Uh, somebody like the Department of Game or the Freedom Aquatic and Fitness Center funding budget is probably nowhere near what these people are willing to spend to keep people out of it. Right. The, if the city of Manassas is paying $80,000 to keep people out of this lake, they're essentially using the same people who want to fish this lake's money to pay the police to keep those people out of it. Right. But city of Manassas is taxpayer money. They're using taxpayer money to pay private well, I don't know if you'd say it's private, but to pay the police to keep the public out of it. Yep. It's insane. Yeah. It's You're ridiculous. paying to keep yourself out. <laughs> you want to know something funny that I heard? Someone told me that one of those police officers that were out there patrolling got fired for fishing on the job. It's like obviously somebody just doesn't want to look out their window and see another person anywhere near yeah, the house. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's the stuck-up attitude of this is my property. I don't want anybody else using it. Yeah, I don't want to see anyone out there. there. And, and it's not. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's it's not. the big issue with people with it's fishermen bullshit. most of the times is they think that they own the water, and this is not true. I mean, they essentially bought the water, though, so they do they own did. it. Well, the city yeah, of Manassas I guess took you're it right. over. But if you think about, okay, we pay 85000 to pay these police officers, right? Say they took that donation of land, 20 acres to open a marina, so free. That marina is only going to profit money for the city. It ain't going to cost them money to be there. Think about, okay, granted, boat launches, sure, you'll make some money there, not a ton, but places like Fountainhead that are renting out kayaks and stand-up paddle boards, and granted, it's not nearly the size it's big enough to rent kayaks and paddle boards and paddle boats and whatever the fuck else you want to rent those things are making an astronomical amount of money they cost okay say you cost uh, say it costs a thousand bucks which is way high yeah way high they've been paid for in they, a couple of weeks they get paid for in a in a couple of days dude like it's insane to think about that and it's just like so much money that could be going right back to the city we'd be able to fish it but there's one dude who's like, nah, fuck that. All right, so here's who we need to get on the podcast right here. Prince William Conservation Alliance Director Kim Hassan. She is, or he, I don't know, maybe it's a guy. Uh, they are, I mean, they have an alliance that is uh, essentially wants to see the lake reopen to non-motorized boats and to fishermen. Cool with me? Electric so... She says that, or he says that fishing alone is responsible for $1.3 billion impact, economic impact in the state of Virginia. Yep. In just Virginia. Just Virginia. 
1.3 bill. bill. So it ain't about money to these fucking people. They don't care if they make money. They want control. I mean, but it's one of the arguments is that, like, how will we make money off of it? Well, they just fucking told you you're, how you're going to make money off it. They're going to give you the land for free. We need some 19 year old kid to rent you John boats and shit, you know, for 25 bucks a day. It's not going to cost anything. Right. We need to start figuring out what we can do to, to actually make this happen. I mean, it's like, definitely a possibility. This is how things like this happen. How like, many signatures we got to get? I mean, we can get those signatures, no problem. Oh, yep. yeah. Easy. That'd be... Who, who we need to talk to, what legal stuff we need to try and figure out. The question is, like, is it worth jumping into that? Probably loophole? not. I mean, but we're going to... We should do it. I'm down. We, sh- we should check to see... You got to jump above the city of Manassas. That's that's the first thing. This, this would gotta, go straight to the state. It wouldn't, yeah. be, it, it wouldn't have to go be a to state your ordinance to governor, get the, your senator, yes. well, some, something well, along I think lines. if you can find somebody that's like not even passionate enough about fishing, but just like that... Outdoors. Outdoors, that can look at it and be like, this isn't right, what they're doing. And that has a fucking little bit of power. You know, like it's not going to... It's not like one of those issues that's going to solve fucking poverty or something like that is but it is one of those things that's like clearly money is doing all the talking here you know like there's there's no good argument for why they're doing this other than they just i mean have you seen the houses that are on that lake it's rich it's the richest of the rich really right like they're big they're all over a million dollars yeah Yeah. they're they're the whole neighborhood well let's get in touch with kim yeah, yeah. Let's do this. We should Let's do, do that. a little we bit of work on this. We should legit do that. Also, this guy Mark T. Aveni, who is a proponent of reopening the lake, and said that Lake Manassas, lake Manassas could be the crown jewel of the city's parks and recreation program, while other council members raised concerns about costs associated with the project and possible threats to the city's drinking supply. That blows my mind. So, is the whole the threats to the county's drinking supply, or city's drinking supply? I want to see how many people because are how on many city council. people are out on the res. On any given day during uh, from March until November. Too many. Too many. Stay off. <laughs> <laughs> Stay My fault. Sorry, boys. Damn videos. <laughs> Sorry, boys. <laughs> this guy, Aveni, is on our side. I mean, he says, I believe it's a resource that should be available to our citizens and perhaps some others for fishing, for electric motor boating, canoeing, kayaking. It's a wonderful resource that's nearby nature. I believe that the city would do well to look at ways we can make this um, make that access available at the lowest possible cost. I estimate they're spending 80 to 100 grand a year in law enforcement to keep people off. My position would be that that money could be much better spent finding um, some way to allow access to the lake. Mark D. Wolf, however, disagrees. What does D. Wolf have to say? Well, this seems to be um, a small. Uh, well, it looks like. Hold on, I'm trying to see. There's only five people in the city of Manassas. There was two that are against reopening the lake, right? Yeah, the council voted three to two. Oh, huh. This How says, does that work? This says they voted in favor of Aveni's motion to proceed with the study. This is in 2015. They might be, they might be making some, head, some headway. Sounds Dude, like... That, so, no, there's just the one... This is what it comes down to. is like one person with an in, with a ton of money, and a ton of say. Yeah. Is just keeping it shut down. Because you just said it voted three to two. Yeah. To open the lake. To open it. Yeah. Well, to continue with the study. He, I think well, they're doing... That, yeah. I think they're basically saying, all right, show us a plan. And he's saying, okay, I'll try or whatever. I'll so maybe we have to start by just talking to these people and seeing how far they've actually gotten before we... Uh, I mean, they might tell us that, this. boys, there's zero chances ever going to happen. Yeah. Like, you're up, you're up against a brick wall. Yeah. Which 
shit. Well, here you very go. Well, make this is what case. this is what Mr. Mark D. Wolf says. To be very honest, I'm not interested in providing benefits for the citizens of Loudoun County and Prince William County. The fucking lake is in Prince William County. <laughs> right. Yeah. We already. Yeah. We just talked about that. It's not even in Manassas. How? I want to know how that happened. Yeah, that doesn't well, make much sense. Isn't Beaver Dam Reservoir controlled by Fairfax County? Or is it Loudoun County? I think it just got sold to the Fairfax County. Yeah, so Beaver Dam Reservoir is in Loudoun County, but it is owned and controlled by the Fairfax County water. And that's why it's been closed all this time because they're redoing the dam. But but they plan on they do plan on reopening it. And I think it's actually gonna happen the and next year or so. This this reservoir will be for drinking water as well. So it's like, why why close it? Like, it's obvious if there's no... Even gas motors would be the worst thing that could happen to the lake. Dude, electric only For drinking water. And the res is... Yeah, yeah I mean... And the it, res, I mean, it would have to be electric only. It's too small to be gas motor, like but... almost right. 800 acres or yeah, something. Yeah, it's... Right? The res is slightly big enough to have It's like 2,000, 1,800 or something. Um, yeah. This guy also says uh, that the city had, Wolf also says that the city has other recreational needs such as improved tennis courts and additional soccer fields that he would like to prefer take a comprehensive look at those needs during the upcoming budget process. So he would rather have some tennis courts and soccer fields than this natural 700-acre lake. The best place to fish in Virginia. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. cool. Like, look, hobbies are in hobbies. The if your hobby is yeah. soccer, that's great. But I'm sure there's probably lots of soccer fields that are not open to look at but not be on. I mean, let's be honest. You, <laughs> you can go I mean? play like, soccer <laughs> in a, any park you want. Yeah, right? imagine they have this beautiful soccer field, the best one in the state. With like the nicest soccer balls, ever. <laughs> no one can play. And you can't get anywhere near that fucker, <laughs> or you get arrested. Feast your eyes upon that's this. That's what we feel like right now. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a very good way to put it. That's yeah. so true. It's like, oh, that's so perfect. It's like, sorry, buddy. Damn, I wish I could get out there, just kick that ball around, <laughs> score some goals. Here comes here comes that copper again. She's like, shout here. They Rascal. pay those guys a hundred hundred thousand a year just to keep us off the the uh, turf. Yeah. Shit. Yep. Um, so yeah, there's another guy, the mayor of Manassas apparently says that, uh, he remembers a time when we had a shortage of drinking water. So the lake was developed in the sixties to assure the reliable source of water for the Manassas residents. So he's afraid that everyone's going to dehydrate. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to drink up all the water. He's like real worried about yeah, that. I remember a time when I was like, get out of here, dude. Fuck this guy. Damn. Well, hopefully we can get something done with that. Taking, taking names. I mean, we're going to, yeah, take some names. Time. Let's get these, keep these people in mind and try and contact them. Actually try to do something with this. I think that's, that's a pretty positive thing. It's pretty cool. And how fucking sick would it be to go fish there? Oh, yeah. Legally. Well, I think we also can agree that we're only trying to get it open for the five of us. We don't really care. <laughs> I mean, yeah, as long there. as we, they're like, all right, you know what? You guys caused enough trouble. You can just fuck off and go fish for a day. We're, like, we're not talking about the public. Right. Just, uh, well, just you guys. Just one day. Yeah, <laughs> It would be 24 hours of fishing Dude, if we had we, one yeah, day to how fish how there. Yeah. Even that we would be dope. It. Although, I'd God, could you imagine how many fucking people would be there? They'd hate us. Oh, you mean, no, no, for just us. Oh, just us? Yeah. Not I was fuck, saying, like, if they were like, else. all right, one day a year, the lake's open for fishing. It'd be like dude, bumper we would to be, bumper John boats. Oh, yeah. There. Oh, it'd be. The meme of all dude, the people fishing in the little like, mud hole. Not even yeah. John boats. Full-size bass oh, boats. Dude, yeah. Like, I'd be people out there, out there <laughs> Tyler would be out there in his jeans. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jeans on for sure. <laughs> T-Money in his jeans. 
I'd be, I'd be out there in a float tube in the middle of the lake. I thought you guys said this was heated water. What the fuck? It's a little chilly for me. Oh, you know that if they actually, if they were to ever let us fish for one day of the year and one day only, that day would just be pouring rain, forty degrees, and just disgusting. It's the only time I went out there. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the? Uh... So this is the final thing I'll say about this. This is kind of seems like where it's been left at since the last article, which is that they did vote to proceed into some kind of. Uh, study on how much it's going to cost to open the lake and what the truth is to some of these worries that these guys are having about the water supply and the mussels and all this stuff. But um, it says, the chairman of the Manassas Utility Commission says that a vote to proceed was not a vote to open the lake. We're just looking to see if we have permission from a high level to get some answers to all of the questions. Um, I also believe that a lake which is permitted for fishing is going to be better controlled than one that is not which is a good point. As long as we don't let Tyler in there. <laughs> Jeans and all. It'll be like, man, we had this place clean for 15, no, what is that, 30 years? Tyler goes in there, denim just dripping off of him. Hey, guys, it's warm. <laughs> it, it Water's fine. Like, Tyler, get <laughs> out of here. You're going to bring zebra muscles. Potomac <laughs> 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 on those pants. <laughs> Tyler's pants oh contaminate goodness. Lake Manassas. <laughs> oh, oh man. Well, that I'm glad you brought Lake Manassas up, buddy, because I had a lot to say about that. There you go. And now we're gonna continue on with the story and see uh see what ends up happening in the future. Hopefully, uh hopefully you make some headway or at least learn a little more from those guys. Yeah. See what they have to say. It would be nice to be in a room where you can actually debate what these guys are saying rather than just what they're saying be the end all be all like Two guys being like, "Oh, I'm scared about the water, so it's closed." Maybe and there's a way you can take that. You know, I'm sure that like, there's like town hall meetings or something where we can get maybe some of the community out, all the to show. the bite podcast listeners to uh, come out and yeah, I can we can rally up the uh, SB crew too. Imagine yeah. everyone in the Northern Virginia area. We're like, we need to show up here on this date. Yeah. To try to reopen Lake Manassas. We could probably I mean, look, if they if it comes people, out if it comes down people, to it at the end, know. if it comes down to it and they're like some scientist did the research and was like, No, this this is actually real concerns, like the zebra muscle okay, thing, whatever. Fine. Like it could happen. It's not just some like dude being like, I'm worried about it, you know? It's like real scientist. I mean, have you ever heard of that anywhere else? No, never. Not in the Northern Virginia area. No. Think I'm, about okay, well, I mean, the, to the me this sounds like scare everywhere. tactics to like so old people to be like, oh yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, we don't want that to happen. You know, it is for sure. So I mean, absolutely. That's I think that's what he's saying is like, let us do the study, and then we'll we'll talk about it like from a hard facts sort of. I mean, we should at least get that. Yeah, for sure. So if you guys were gonna go fish Lake Manassas today, we are. What would you be throwing? What What have you been throwing this week? How about we'll start with Alex? What have you been throwing, bud? A rigs. <laughs> I, well, well. So I was actually um, up in New Hampshire, uh, you know, last week for Thanksgiving, and me and the old man got to fish on our home body of water. You know, it's like twenty five minutes from my parents' house, and the water was actually frozen the week before. We had a like a warm spell up there of like forty five degree rain, and. Um, so the, it, it opened up. We didn't even know when we got there to the ramp. We thought there might be a chance that there was some ice. 
but it was open, 35 degree water temps. Uh, we went and fished shallow because it was like 60 degrees. The grass was still alive in there, which was crazy. But it's a, it's still a little early for it to be 35 degrees. We went fishing there two years ago, the day after Christmas, and it was 35 degrees. So, um, finally, my old man listened to me. He tied on a silver buddy, even though he said he was going to give it to me because uh, he only had one. And like third cast out in the deepest hole on the lake, right on this steady, gradual rock um, slope, caught a nice like two, two and a quarter smallmouth. Um, so that's what he was throwing, fortunately. Gosh darn old man. Um, looks, but yeah, looks the, just like the, <laughs> the silver buddy is definitely something that I will be throwing uh, when I get back out. Hopefully Saturday, I'm, I got a day off work. Maybe go hit up the Res or Burke Lake. Um, you know, I only have two options in Northern Virginia to really fish. So yeah, silver buddy, a rig, jerk bait. Those are gonna be my my go tos this uh this upcoming week. All right, those are good. Those are good. Um. I think I'll probably go with what worked today, which was A-Rig and drop shot for me. Um, I honestly didn't even pick up the jerkbait. Probably would have worked, but didn't even pick it up. So uh, A-Rig, slow on the bottom, um, taking it off the bottom, pretty much getting it stuck every cast and then getting it out, hopefully. Um, And then a little morning dawn drop shot was was the ticket today for me. Uh, I think I'd continue to throw that. Into the into next week probably, so what are, what are you throwing, Matt? I'll be fishing all three days this weekend, so probably a jerk bait, definitely a jerk bait. What am I saying? Vision one ten plus one, always um, a rig, probably a Ned rig, a good amount. Probably be fishing for some smallmouth on Friday, so Ned rig, a rig, the jerk bait, and. Probably a drop shot because everybody's catching them on a drop shot. So that's probably it. Billy Bates, what baits this week? Um, silver Buddy or Blade Bait. Um, I'm going to go to uh, Lake Anna Friday. So probably pretty clean on the hot side. Um, jerk Bait, probably plus one. It's a little deeper. Um, drop shot, probably jig, a lot of rocks, probably jig, probably a nine inch glide bait as well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, of course, duh. SB, SB, what are you throwing, bud? Well, I'm definitely going to hop on the silver buddy train because tomorrow I'm actually going out doing some lake trout fishing, which is like... Silver Buddy Central, going up to New Jersey tomorrow, four-hour drive. Yeah. So we're going to be doing some lake trout fishing, and then Friday I will be down at Lake Anna with Billy. Um, definitely going to be throwing a jerk bait. caught a bunch on the drop shot. And actually the whole time I was there, I was thinking about throwing like a really big swim bait because that water is so clean. I really, truly do feel like it'll just draw those fish in. Like you'll at least see them. They'll follow it. They're so aggressive. The water... The furthest dike away from the hot water inflow is 60 degrees. So they're still fired up. Like when you set the hook into one, it feels like it's summertime. Like yeah. they're ready to go. Clean water is the best for those 
So yeah. When it comes oh, to the drawing, A-rig. drawing power. Oh, yeah. I mean, A-Rig, too. They're really shallow, though. We That's cut all of our fish in less than five feet of water. Is that public? Mm-hmm. No. What, the hot side? The hot side's not public. That's, yeah, that's yeah, you're right. You got to live over there. Yep. Spencer, we can get on there. I mean, your boy sitting right here can get you on there. Billy, he can get us on there. Any day. Billy Bates. But. Yeah. Well, what do you guys think? Is there anything else we got to get into? Tyler looks like he's about to fall asleep. He, Stol- looks, he doesn't he have any stole in him this week. That's we, why we, we didn't, we didn't have a fired up podcast. This time. I mean, it was good. <laughs> We nailed. Well, we it, had some top, hot this, topics. This, this was, was a good, good one. We definitely. We didn't get it's to not talk about the good, Black but it, Friday. I was texting stuff. John because ooh, we could hop in Black that. Friday stuff. Just Take a quick just, ten minutes. Yeah, and yeah, yeah it. let's do it. it like shit. Yeah, we need to do it this time because it's because it's, it's relevant. Pertinent. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's do that. So, as you know, Black Friday, huge sales all across the country, and Cyber Monday, but we'll talk Black Friday. Uh, Tackle Warehouse was what twenty percent off. Hookup Tackle had crazy deals on Megabass stuff. Um, hey, keep it down. I know. It's time to go outside, but what was the Megabass deal? 50% off. Some of it was, uh, I think, even upwards of 70%. Some of it was, yeah, 70%, I think, 60 or 70% for, it's crazy. I mean, decent stuff. Not yeah. not like the main, mainstay well, there stuff. Was, like, there, was, there, there was one color in Vision 110s, I yeah. think. Um but other than that, it was mostly like, uh, I guess there was some top water that was that was relatively popular. The pop, like the, the pop X or pop max. Pop max the pop, was ten dollars. Pop X, That's pop X deal. was ten dollars. Oh, the, the pop max, max wasn't on sale. Oh okay. No, they're different. Still a good deal. Though. Yeah, still a good deal. And they had some different jerk baits too. They didn't just have the Vision Ten. They had no. They had which, some other ones. Yeah, I, I've the Max. It's a. Uh, Man. Oh, you know what? I did buy. I I bought one the the mag. Mm-hmm. I think I did the too. bigger one because it was like ten ninety nine or some shit. It was cheap. Yeah. If you haven't heard of this website, it's called the Hookup. No, Ta- no oh I'm just kidding. my god, <laughs> <laughs> the Hookup Tackle. It's if you like JDM stuff and just kind the, of off the, the wall. Best. Shout out to Ben. Shout out to Ben. It's yeah, the absolutely. best Japanese domestic market American online store you could possibly find. Literally got what price seventy five colors of. Of one tens on there, everything that you can't find it's normally, they ha- he has it. You'll spend some loot. I give I give that place some some loot, but I've also got some fish, so it's worth it. Did you get anything there? Uh, this I did. I ordered um, one of those magnums, the vision the vision magnums. <laughs> Let me see your pee pee. <laughs> <laughs> He's seeing everybody else's at this point. <laughs> I got a I got a vision one uh, vision magnums. Uh, damn, I don't even remember, dude. I got a couple. I got a bunch of shit. I should probably look since we're actually talking about that. But um, did you? What did you guys get? Did you get anything? Alex got, can go down the. I mean, I actually, list. I didn't. I didn't get um, an email from them about my order. It's probably sitting at my house right now. Um, but uh, the only thing that I could say about it was that they did. A good job of advertising it because you can see on the page when you when I was when I had everything in my cart ready to buy it within f- literally five minutes of twelve o'clock midnight, which is when the sale started. It said ten plus in inventory for the Vision One Tens, and I had two in there. Put my order in. It still said ten plus, and I got an email like the day a day later or two days later saying 
unfortunately you're you weren't in the quay and you didn't you didn't, or the queue you didn't get uh these vision 110 so they refunded me some money but i got a few baits i got um i think some of their smaller jerk baits that they were selling and um i might have got a pop i got a, might have got a couple of those those poppers but i guess that'll be a little christmas surprise i i had had a few beers because uh it was Black Friday, and I was home with family, and that's what we do in New Hampshire is we drink beers. I got um, b- a bunch of those Jackal Soul Shads. You seen those? They're kind of like hybrid jerkbait crankbaits. Why are you freaking out, dude? <laughs> <laughs> What's that, boy? Oh, that's got to go on the story. What are you doing, dude? Get him back up there. Get up here. Come here. You want some dip? <laughs> what oh, are you doing? You got to go outside. I know. Is it 10? Yep. Down on the dot. This dude knows, dude. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, I got some uh, some braided line. Real exciting. Fancy. Some uh, some of the soul shads. And then I got a bunch of like... He's hyped. I got a bunch yeah, of like... Uh, he does that when he gets too excited. He like chokes on his own throat. <laughs> I'm choking on my own spit. Can't figure out how to swallow. <laughs> oh my goodness! I got um. What did I get? I got a bunch of just like random Japanese swim baits to try, like for maybe a rigging or just whatever trailers and stuff, just to see some new shit. So I'm not throwing that same Kai Tech that Tyler's throwing all the time. I wish I had money just to see if something was gonna work. Six ninety nine, dude. It's Black Friday. Yeah, but how many of those did you buy? Like twelve. I'd, I I had a pretty tame order. I had a pretty tame order. I'll tell you that much. I spent a hundred dollars. That's good. That's what I did. This is that's, what, like that's on the hookup, or is this on? That's, that's on hookup time. Yeah. That's just on Black Friday. Let's talk about the month prior to Black Friday. It was actually on <laughs> Monday, but the sales were still going. So, mm-hmm. oh, good topic for maybe the next podcast. Your biggest month in spending on <laughs> <No>. fishing tackle. <laughs> no. I mean, Probably last month, to be honest with you. Not to put you on the spot. Oh, my God, dude. But I spent I am pretty $1,100 on a motor last month and then spent... Billy's like, I got you, and I didn't buy shit. Sometimes I have to remind myself. I'm like, oh, that's right. I bought a fucking boat last month. I should chill. <laughs> <laughs> and three new Dobbins. <laughs> yeah, I got that new Daiwa Z2020. Dude, that thing is like a little tank. It's pretty. It's cool as shit. It looks. It it. looks like a tank, or like the new Tesla truck. It's like a big swim bait reel, but it's like modern. It's like it looks like a robot. I think that's where Tesla got their idea. New Tesla. It does look like the new Tesla truck, dude. It does. It does look like the Tesla truck. I think that's probably where they got the Tesla reel. You're gonna have the matching truck for your reel, dude. What if Tesla made a DC reel? Definitely would. Oh my god, DC. There's not enough line in the world. (laughs) We'd be able to cast it across at least three quarters of the way. The world. <laughs> must be real. Elon must be like, I, I, I'd like to be able to cast this to California. <laughs> From DC. In my Under, tunnel. Underground. In my tunnel. <laughs> I'll dig a tunnel. Um, Lucas, what'd you get? Yeah, what'd you, you get? get? Um, I got a bunch of Hayabusa treble hooks to replace all my jerkbait hooks because I'm tired of losing to and? Tyler because the fish keep coming off. And? Um, I also did get one of the TH Marine... Trolling motor foot pedal covers. I can't remember what it's called. Hot foot? Cold yeah, foot? The, um, the hot the foot. cold foot. Yeah. I got the little key. It's a little foam plus. cushioning. Dude, I got one. It's game over in the summer, yeah, dude. It, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't, I take my shoes off in the summer. It's crazy. It I don't hot. know how, I don't know how it does it, but you, it's, it doesn't get hot at all. I like to be comfy. It's comfy. But that got some dirty, good dirty jigs, the shaky heads, the new ones that they came out with. I wanted to try a new A-Rig hook and I figured I'd buy some. 
Got those. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Faldsy, what'd you get, bud? Uh, so- Shorzy. Sorry. <laughs> Fisky. 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 Um, Pussy. Bitch. <laughs> little bitch. <laughs> you little bitch. I, Tyler's a hockey player, too, so he would fit Fultzy. It's Fultzy. I yeah. always call him Fultzy. I've... I've been called Fultzy since I was five when I was playing hockey. Oh, like, I've never been called Tyler. Shorzy. It's always Fultzy. Jonesy. Um, but yeah, that's what your mother said to me last night. <laughs> you do that good, dude. That's, yeah, that's, good. that's really funny. Good. Uh, go ahead, Tyler. Sorry. Uh, no, Sorry. you're good. Fultzy, go. Uh, but I ended up getting, doing the hookup tackle sale. Uh, I, I think I only spent like 50 bucks there. I honestly don't even remember what I bought. I just know I saw Mega Bass. I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Six bucks. Sure. I'll, I'll go ahead for that, too. Um, I think I bought some of those smaller jerk baits. I think I bought uh, one of those Pop X's. And then I got, oh, I got the, whatever their rattle trap's called. Um, Vibration X Junior, maybe. I got, got a few of those, I think. Um, so I got those from the hookup. And then I went on Tackle Warehouse and spent like $100, $110, something like that. And I got a bunch of A-Rig stuff. Well, a bunch of A-Rigs because the Umbrella Rigs were, like, on sale and then an extra 20% off for the Black Friday, so, like, 7 bucks a piece. Um, so I think, I think I got, like, four of those. And then I got some spoons, like some of those, some of those big 6-inch spoons and then some smaller 4-inch spoons to round out my uh, spoon arsenal for, for the summer. And... Oh, I also got some mini uh, scrounger heads, like three sixteenths out scrounger heads. I got some of those a couple uh-huh. months ago. Haven't even touched them yet, but I'm like for winter time. Video like wired to fish. It was a wired to fish. Was it wired to fish? That's right. Throw it on like a spinning rod. Eight pound test or something. Ten pound test. Oh yeah. Oh, I also got one of those thirteen fishing shad swim baits, like the big seven inch ones, five inch one. Not the big big boy. I don't think I got the eight inch, but I got the like six inch or whatever. Oh, you're actually the dude that you're the person who showed me them in the first place. You had the small ones, the the five five inch sitting right here. No, like three, three three and a half, seven. Yeah, you were like, I'm really surprised how well these swim, and you missed like a three at the boat. I mean, eight at the boat. Nothing you can do there. But I have one of the really big ones. I think it's an eight. Have you thrown it? Yes, I have. Does it, sweet. Well? it looks really It looks good. like a trash fisk. It it's does. like a bigger bodied trash fisk. What hook do you throw it on? Uh, 12 odd. 12 odd? 12 odd beast. Yeah. Oh, I got an 8 odd for the si- That's six probably inch, fine. So we'll Maybe see if 10. that works. Uh, I think a 10 might have been. The Honestly, go, I even think that 12 odd might be if you need them. overkill. I think a 10 odd would be fine. Gotcha. But I don't know. Well, yeah. So that's, that's what I. Oh, I also got some Shimano um, fishing shirts because they're like 40% off. So, yeah, that's that's what I got. Pretty pretty. Well, I also got a swim bait rod from American Legacy because they had twenty percent off all. But he just forgets about casually, and <laughs> it'll show up here in a couple of days. This dude's already it. here. I already got it. I used it today. Fifteen rod tubes sitting behind him right now. No joke. <laughs> I threw six of them away in the trash. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's like. Yeah, I got home and I was surprised by the four hundred dollar rod that was sitting. Oh yeah, I also got a idea. Dobbins Extreme seven forty three. Jesus! And well, I found a Corrado DC for one sixty. One sixty. Oh, 160, oh there's my there's my. I didn't get anything for Black Friday, but I will say a few days before Black Friday rolled around, one of my subs, Michael Hogan, hit me up on Instagram and was like, "Hey, I found a deal for two Corrado DCs for 
300 bucks, so 150 a piece. Wow. He goes, I, would, I just wanted one, and my buddy said he wanted one, and he ordered it, and his buddy backed out, and he hit me up and was like, dude, I know you're like really big on this reel right now. If you want it, it's yours for 150 <sighs> So I went and met him the day before Thanksgiving, I think, and got it. Perfect. That's, I mean, that's it's like unheard of. Like zero boat rash, nothing is perfectly fine. Yeah. Shout out to Michael. I mean, that could Thank be you. that could easily be a three hundred dollar reel. That thing is dude, it could be sweet. more. Yeah, it it yeah, three hundred is like the perfect price point for that. Yeah. It could be. And it doesn't even list for three hundred, which is awesome. I mean no. finding them for under two hundred dollars is you can. And that's the thing. You can if I see them. one on eBay for under two hundred, I have I'd I pretty much buy it because it's like it's that good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm truly blown away with I have three of them now. I mean, fuck John B. It's all his fault. He got me on the Corrado DC train. Yeah. It is such a huge I hate difference. throwing a reel that so doesn't make that good. noise. It's not like, oh, this thing's a piece My of reels shit. make that noise. <laughs> yeah, not because you got to put some lube on those bearings, bro. Mike Smith, you got a couple of reels coming to you real soon. 100%, yeah. yes. You guys have a reel cleaning guy? Yeah. Uh, one of the guys who fishes the tournaments. He He's the man. He cleans reels. He does a pretty good job, apparently. Yeah, yeah, real good I've, job. I've taken a few. I've taken like four or five. Actually, yeah. Yeah, probably like eight or nine of my reels like throughout mm-hmm. the last two years to him, and they came back. Like money. Oh, yeah. you know what? Speaking of when you were money. talking about that um, Cardiff earlier, yeah, that reel I gave Sorry, I gave you for that swim bait rod. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a dude. Did you hear the podcast? The dude from iRod on. Uh, I was listening to it on was the way over that here. Reel? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's like, it's the best reel. Like, he, yeah. it's like, but he also talks about how he fucking had it for like what ten years or something. Yeah, he never had it serviced. Never ever. Had it yep. serviced. Yep, I love so it. Tight. That that's me. Like, I don't. I don't. I should sometimes cleaning shit care, fucks it up. To be honest with you, it, it, yeah. need, it needs to be done. When it you gets start used hearing to the it, dirt and, and it likes it. I think. Yeah. yeah, you let it go. You know how far it's gonna cast. You know how it's gonna react to shit. You're good to roll. What? What are you looking? What are you laughing you know, at? Okay, Arden. Hey, hey. He's over there like. He's over there like. Well, my quantums never need to be. Oh yeah, we. Peasant. You gotta sneak that into every podcast at some point. Have to. They're oh, workhorses. Oh, man, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything. He bought a Corrado K. I did. Yep. Did you and put I, it on that? I Loomis like rock? it. How much I like do you like the Stratic? Um, I did put it on that Loomis. Yeah, it's it's an awesome setup. But I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the you know the reel is just a reel. It, it. I mean, sure, you don't want anything to fail, but the rod is the engine. That's just. That's that's where the money should really be spent. I mean, obviously a DC is nice to be able to throw a jerkbait into the wind or a spinnerbait into the wind, but um, I mean, I there think, is. I think there's a big. The, I think the reel matters a lot. I think that I mean, the, especially the when you fish a one, the gear ratio. Yes, great, the gear ratio and the bigger handle on the Corrado is it makes a world of difference. But I do. I I agree. The sensitivity also, with the rod. You have to think about a lot. A lot of things I think people don't realize with reels is how little you have to fuck with a nice reel like when you get that thing like set and you and you really like you don't have to fuck with it a lot which you're not so you're not fiddling with it so you're not even thinking about it and you're like wait that reel was awesome i didn't even have to fucking mess with it right you know well it's sometimes it's like the, What's the out of sight out of thing? mind is actually worth the money right if you're sitting there all day struggling with this thing you're like this piece yeah of shit i mean the most important thing on the water time yeah because you never have enough of it so right. if you have this reel, that I mean, I still backlash DC reels all day long. Somehow I don't know how the fuck that happens. But. It happens. <laughs> it's because wait, what did you say earlier? I think I learned wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think I do. Yeah, <laughs> talking earlier, and Maddie was like, "Why is your breaks down so hard?" And I was just like, "I don't know. I think I learned how to cast wrong, dude." Because I still backlash like on the reg, like with these with reels that you're not supposed to backlash on. 
It happens. We'll get you trained up. I got computer technology in my reels, still fucking picking out. Back we will show you the way. Just the way it is. Anyways. Well, I uh, just to finish it up. I just I, I used Black Friday to not try anything new. I literally went with all confidence baits. I spent two hundred and fifty dollars, which is it was going to be spent regardless on. Flipping hooks, uh, some soft plastics that are, you know, uh, things that I have 100% confidence in, some line, basically things that I just need for the year. And um, decided this year was going to be different from years prior where I tried to try new baits out. So looking forward to just fishing what I know this year. Hell yeah. Yeah. Stick with what works, dude. I mean, otherwise you just go down the rabbit hole like me and you don't catch a fish. There was definitely some new techniques that were tried this year, though, that worked. Mm-hmm. So, like, there, there was... Yeah, and I'm going to wait for you to figure those out, and then I'll <laughs> pick up on them later. <laughs> Although I was the first one to throw the spoon. I will say that. Did you catch a four-pounder on your first cast with it? Here it comes. No, but I was the first one to hook up with a fish. I bet you were, you <laughs> sick fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I am the scapegoat of this podcast. All right, we wrapping it up? Yeah. We should wrap it up. Episode two. Episode two in the books. That was awesome. Let us know in the comments down below what you guys want to hear next week. Yeah. And if you want to um, do some research on Lake Manassas, if you find anything interesting or you got any direction to point us in on, like, who to call and harass and threaten, I mean, uh, talk shit to. Or rate, I, rate letters. If any of you guys live on Lake Manassas <laughs> and uh, want to have us out to fish it on your land. Or if you patrol Lake Manassas and you can let us know what days you're not out there. <laughs> <laughs> or what color your uniform is so that we can try to copy it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so yeah. Close it out. Anybody? Final words? I think you got it, Billy. Cool. Billy Bates is on the... Uh, Thanks for house. listening. Thanks for bearing with us, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. See you. Peace. This is the bike.